Well, I got some special guests here today that I'd like you to meet. Brian and Katie, stand up. Oh my, good to see you, Katie. Come on. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is their third month anniversary today, right? That's right. Yeah, married on May thirteenth. Way to go, guys! How's it going? Well, you don't have to tell me. But um, you know, uh, Brian is studying for his master's in social work. He just has a passion for people, and and Katie also has a compassion for people. She's an occupational therapist, and they say they're moving to Michigan in a year or two. Uh, that's not going to happen, okay? I want you all to start praying, okay? That God would turn their minds. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Hi, right, what's up, Brian? Stand up. <laughs> You're looking casual, my friend. <laughs> Well, what date was your wedding? Uh, July 9th. July 9th. So they just had their one-year anniversary this past week, right? Let's give them a hand. <laughs> a past month. Yeah. Past month. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Tommy can't be here with us, but I just love how my boys love Jesus Christ. And they married uh, strong Christian women. And that's just a blessing. You don't know what's going to happen, but if you do train them in the right way, there's a better chance, right? And God's going to move in that way. And Brent is a special education teacher at Lincoln Middle School. And that's where I went to school. I like that, huh? In Rockford. And uh, she just has a passion for kids, and she just has a passion for life. Uh, that I appreciate so much. And Wes is an accountant at Plant Moran, which is down by 90, and uh, he works really, really hard. And uh, I love you guys so much, and I want to thank you for being with us. Okay? Now, if you guys could do me one more favor. My wife's birthday was on Friday, and so that's why the kids are in. And unfortunately, she's not feeling well. So she told me yesterday, there's no way that you're going to have them sing happy birthday to me. I hate that. She's not here. So here we go, guys. Lori, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Lori. Happy birthday to you. Hey! You know I love you, honey. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, I saw a movie that really made a deep impression on me. It was... Titled, Twelve Years a Slave. How many have seen that movie? It's a powerful movie. It's a, it's a true story about Samuel Northrup. 1841, he's an African American, but he was not a slave. And some guys came along and they tricked him and kidnapped him and sold him into slavery. 
And it took him 12 years to escape. Let's watch the trailer for that movie. I want to ask you what part of the country you come from. I originate from Canada. I guess where that is. Oh, I know where Canada is. I've been there myself. Well, travel for a slave. Solomon Northup is an expert player on the violin. I was born a free man. Lived with my family in New York. Be good for your mother. Until the day I was deceived. To Solomon. Kidnapped. Sold into slavery. Well, boy, how you feel now? My name is Solomon Northup. I'm a free man. And you have no right whatsoever to detain me. You're no free man. You're nothing but a Georgia runaway. We're down to the river Jordan. And that servant that don't obey his Lord shall be beaten with many stripes. That's scripture. The condition of your laborers, it's all wrong. They're my property. You say that with pride. I say it as fact. Snake! Man does how he pleases with his property. You come here. I said come here! Days ago I was with my family in my home. Now you tell me all that's lost. If you want to survive, do and say as little as possible. My soul arising. Well, I don't want to survive. I want to live. I thought you know something. I did as instructed. There's something wrong. It's wrong with the instruction. Master bought you here to work. Anymore, I'll earn you a hundred lashes. I know what it's like to be the object of Master's lashes. No! In his own time, good Lord will manage them all. I will survive. I will not fall into despair. I will keep myself hardy till freedom is opportune. I was a free man. I'm not a slave. Powerful, isn't it? Yeah, uh, just to see what the African-Americans went through. And you know, there's a lot of African-Americans who feel like second-class citizens. Started back with slavery, and I was watching a documentary, and it really kind of never stopped our attitude toward African-Americans. We need to apologize about that, and we just need to show love to them. And many times they're misrepresented in the media. Let's pray for our African-American friends. Well, I saw this movie, and just imagine if you were a slave. Like Samuel, you were thrown into slavery. You had no rights. You had no freedoms. You were just something that someone owned. And they could make your life miserable, they could rape you, and they could kill you, and nobody would bat an eye. You know, for those of us who know Jesus Christ, we were once slaves to sin before we came to Him. You look at people who don't know Jesus, and, and we tend to be judgmental. And in a sense, we should not be. We need to stand out for the truth. But these people 
are slaves of sin. And when you're a, a slave of sin, you're going to do what your sin tells you to do, right? And without an idea of who God is, that can go some strange directions. Our job is to love people and tell them about the truth of Jesus Christ. Because again, if you came to Jesus Christ and you said, I repent and I believe in your salvation, you became a Christ follower. And your whole life has changed. We're continuing in a series called God's Radical Grace. We're continuing it today. And um, sorry about that. You were praying for me, weren't you? Help Pastor Dan is really in. We're going to talk about debt-free today. Debt-free. We're going to look at a parable, and that's where the series is. It's, a, it's parables about God's grace that Jesus tells. What's a parable? An earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Say it with me. An earthly story with a heavenly meaning. There are 46 different parables of Jesus. Jesus taught. You should read them. Just say, I'm going to read all the parables. I'm sure there's a book, there's a Bible plan out there uh, that does that. But again, Jesus was the master teacher. He knew the way to grab people was with a good story. Now, Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. You know, Peter, he was always in the middle of it, wanting the attention, talking, 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 asking all kinds of questions. And he thought he was going to blow Jesus away here. Because the Pharisees, they said you only have to forgive a person three times. Then you can cut them off. We like that, right? Yeah, that's about right. Three times. And, and Peter said, hey, Lord, <laughs> how about seven? Right? Grace. And Jesus Christ said back to him, 70 times seven. 490 times. Was he talking about how many times you forgive? No, he was talking about you always forgive. You forgive to infinity. That's the way people should live their Christian lives. And then he goes into the parable of the unmerciful servant. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. Now, it started out like last week's parable. The kingdom of heaven is obviously the church and all the believers all over the world. And who's the king? That means say it. You guys are so timid. God, right? Yeah, it's simple. And we are the servants. So he was going to settle accounts. Many times, you know, kings, wealthy people would give loans to people. 
When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Did you know that in the Greek, 10,000 talents is the highest number? There's no number beyond it. 10,000 talents. You know how much that is in, in uh, money today? 600 million, or billion, excuse me, dollars. 600 billion dollars this guy owed. I mean, the idea is there's no possible way that he can pay it back. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had in payment to be made. They had debtor's prison back in that day. If you got in debt, couldn't pay it, you had to work it out in prison. That would be helpful to some people, right? I probably could have used a day in debtor's prison early in my life. (laughs) I mean, that would get your attention, right? No doubt. So... This was, this was such a, a big debt. That meant that his family and children, or excuse me, his wife and children, were going to be sold into slavery. So you can imagine this guy and, and how, how much pain he's experiencing. He doesn't want this to happen. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. Again, there's no way he can pay it off, right? He's just throwing himself at the mercy of the court. What do you think is going to happen? (laughs) And out of pity for him, compassion for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him. The debt. Wow! $600 billion he forgave the debt? I mean, that's like unbelievable. That's like, let's say that you're going through a tough time in your life. You've lost your job. You have like $100,000 in debt. And you got all these unpaid bills. You're not working. So Donald Trump comes to town, and he is having his rally at Grant Park, and you always like to be in the front row, okay? And so Donald Trump is saying, I want to help somebody today. I can only help one person, but I want to help somebody. So he walks off the stage at Grant Park, and he comes up to you. You with $100,000 debt and a no job. And he says, this is what I want to do for you. I'm going to pay off all of your debt. And I'm going to give you 200000 just to put in savings. And on top of that, I will guarantee your employment in one of my enterprises <laughs> for the rest of your life. How would you react if you're in that situation? I think I'd faint. <laughs> Why? Well, I mean, it's out of his own money, okay? Uh, he's worth like $3.5 billion, so it won't hurt him. But he shows grace to you by giving you the gift of 
financial freedom. And I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I'd be bouncing off the walls. I get on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and say, you wouldn't believe what happened to me. Of course, I have a picture of Donald Trump and myself. Oh, look who this is. Look what they did for me. I can't. I don't know what to do. <laughs> the joy is way too much. <laughs> well, friends, that is what the grace of God feels like. He forgives you of all of your sin, past, present, future. You once were a slave of sin, and now you are a slave of Jesus Christ. And that's where you want to be, right? We had a miracle happen here at Springbrook this past week. A young man was helping us around the facility, volunteering, just cleaning things and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, when you come to Springbrook, you're going to be loved. You have to run for the door if you don't want somebody to hug you. <laughs> you're going to be loved. So he came in and he met Pastor Rich. Pastor Rich loved on him. And then he met Pastor Matt. And Pastor Matt loved on him. And then he met Joe Hikus. Uh, Joe Hikus loved on him. And then other people... And I got a hold of him, <laughs> took him in my office, said, hey, where are you at spiritually? And I presented the gospel, and this 20-year-old kid was transformed. He became a Christ follower. Now, that's something to celebrate. Let's hear it. Yeah. And you know the cool thing is, is that we are all ready to disciple him. We've been working on this discipleship pathway for three years. A team has met for two years. We're really serious about changing our culture around here. Because we want people to connect with Christ in his church. We want them to grow. We want to equip them for service. And then we want them to multiply themselves. And so we have this young man now. And we have a plan. I mean, we have triads all over the place, people meeting and, and being discipled. We have a place for them. Before, we, we had one class that was, you know, for that. But now we have a multitude of resources. And so it's just going to be so fun to watch him grow and be equipped and multiply. And friends, that image is what we do here at Springbrook. We make disciples. We've got a plan for making disciples. Now, you don't have to follow it, whatever. But at least it's there for you if you want to grow in your relationship with God. We will teach you. We will encourage you. And we will love you. So let's say that uh, you go home after receiving this incredible gift from Donald Trump. And you have a friend who owes you $2,000. And you call this friend up. And you say, you wouldn't believe what happened to me. I met Donald Trump and he blessed my life. You can forget about the $2,000. In fact, I'm going to give you $5,000, man. 
I, I just have been saturated with generosity, and I just want to help people, right? That's the way we respond, right? How the servant respond? But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. I remember a Roman soldier usually made a denarius a day, so that's like over three months' work. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. Has this guy lost his mind? Did he forget what the king just did for him? I mean, come on. Why? I mean, he gets really physical, too. He seizes him and he chokes him. Pay what you owe me. That doesn't make any sense at all, does it? So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. Now, does that sound familiar? That's exactly what he said to the king. So you'd think that, that at that moment, he'd have a flashback. Oh, I asked that question. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw that what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? Yeah, that's a question I'd be asking. What's wrong with you? Why can't you extend grace to other people? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. That's an interesting verse. So also my heavenly Father will throw us in jail or lose our salvation every one of you, if you do not forgive your brother from the heart. The way that I see that verse is that uh, if you become a Christ follower and the Holy Spirit is within you, you're going to have a forgiving heart. Aren't you? Of course you are. It might take a while, but you're going to have a forgiving heart. In fact, You're going to have so much forgiveness in you, it just overflows because of the salvation that you received and the grace that was shown to you. So the point here is that if you are not forgiven, I mean, you just, I will not forgive anybody, you're full of bitterness, you better go back and check the fruit because... When we grow, we, we grow spiritual fruit. And if you've got no food on the tree, you've got to go back to the beginning and say, did I really ask Christ to be my Savior? This is far side. I love far side. This is hell. Oh, man, the coffee's cold. They thought of everything. That's funny. You can laugh. In when I was preparing this sermon, I remembered that exact cartoon and I looked it up. Because it really is funny. (laughs) 
But at the same time, the problem with our culture is that hell is a joke. Why is it so important that we talk about hell? Because the only way that you will fully understand grace is if you fully understand the penalty that you've been saved from. Oh, so guys, oh yeah, we're going to party in hell. I don't think so. You know who talked about hell more than anyone? Jesus Christ. Yeah, I thought Jesus was really nice. Yeah, he is nice and he wants a relationship with you, but if you don't repent, that's going to happen. So here's a great question. What do you believe? Is hell a place of eternal conscious punishment? A real place where real people go for the real time and face the real uh, wrath of a real God? Do you believe in that type of hell? I know there's some that don't hear. Understand that. And again, <laughs> if you're visiting, I usually don't spend a lot of time talking about hell. I mean, I talk about you know suffering for eternally, and that's what we're saved from. So you got to talk about it, right? But we're going to talk a lot about hell today, in order that you might understand the grace. That God has bestowed on you. Joel Osteen uh, is the pastor of the largest church in America. I know he fills up a stadium, and of course, we see Joel Osteen on TV, and you know, sometimes I'll tune in. But I want to let you know that Joel Osteen. Uh, he's not preaching the gospel. Now, again, he says at the end of his message, you know, accept the Lord Jesus Christ, your personal Savior. Uh, but again, when you look at his teaching, it's not about the gospel. It's about people. He is a motivational speaker. Right? And he knows what's going to motivate people is hope. And that your future is going to get better. Yeah, that's what the deal is. And he, he doesn't even talk about sin. He calls it a mistake. More than that, Joel. He doesn't talk about hell. Never is going to talk about hell. In fact, he, he explained here his reason. You know, it's not hellfire and brimstone. But I say most people are beaten down enough by life. They already feel guilty enough. They're not doing what they should, raising their kids. We can all find reasons. Now, this, they asked him if he believed in hell, and this is how he responded. So I want them to come to Lakewood, my church, or our meetings, and be lifted up to say, you know what? I may not be perfect, but I'm moving forward. I'm doing better. And I think that motivates you to do better. So what, what is Joel's teaching philosophy? It's basically to help people feel better. It's really a self-improvement program that's wrapped in Christianity. And I speak about this because I'm very passionate about it. 
Now, I know God uses Joel Osteen. I know people have come to the Lord, many people. But again, I have to tell you, I have to teach you, that you have to be very careful when you're listening to them. I wouldn't recommend anybody to watch the program. I know it's, it's great about all the hope, but the problem is it's not balanced. He says, your life is going to get better with Jesus. Well, I tell you what, some people become a Christ follower and their life gets worse. Talking about the gospel. Hey, you know, God has this great salvation for you. And, uh, <laughs> well, you don't, you really don't know what's coming in the future. I mean, some, you know, bad things are still going to happen to you, but you'll have Jesus to walk you through. I don't want that kind of gospel. I want the gospels that fill with hope and that my life is going to get better. And so what Joel Osteen do is he's tickling the ears, like it says in the Bible. Tickling the ears, but not delivering the true gospel. He also teaches prosperity gospel that the more holy you are, the more you pray, and things are going to get better. Again, that's not what the Bible says. Jesus said, and again, he talked about hell and any other person. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Friends, we should not be worried about physical death. Everybody's going to die. I think it's about 100%. And everybody dies. Right? The most important thing is you don't want to die spiritually. You don't want to die spiritually. And friends, if you go throughout your life and you reject Jesus Christ for what He says and what He has to offer, you're going to a a very dark place. Uh... The Bible does not talk about purgatory. I know some of you have Catholic backgrounds. There is no place where you can stop and, you know, earn up the points to get into heaven. This doesn't happen. The decision has to be made in this life. What are the conditions of hell? Burning, darkness, intense grief, horror, Loneliness and despair. Now, you have to fully understand what hell is like for an eternity to understand the unbelievable grace God has shown you from rescuing you from that. He saved you from that type of eternity. And He wants to save everyone. If they'll just respond to Him. I know this is tough, but it's so important. Because there's a price of sin. We're all born sinners. We have a sinful nature. Everybody's in the same boat. And they need Jesus. And friends, that's why our mission here is so important. That's why we need to continue to pray for more energy and more people to come and for us to invite so that we can get this good news out because we would not wish that 
on our worst enemy. So, so why, why? Why does God have to do this? Well, God is a holy God. He is just. Just imagine if a uh, drunk driver crashed in your car and you lost the use of your legs because of it. And imagine if you were in the courtroom and drunk driver's there, you're there, and the judge says, you know, Tuesday is free day. That means that whatever comes in, we're not going to prosecute. We're just going to just take off, have a good time. How would you feel about the justice system? You'd say, there is no justice system. God has a justice system. We have sinned against Him. Somebody needs to pay the penalty. And thank God for Jesus Christ who came to this earth. When you look at what He went through, that also reminds you of God's grace. Right? I mean, why did He have to come to earth? Why did He have to die? A horrible death. Because that's how much God abhors sin. He hates sin. Major sins or menial sins, all kinds of sins. There's not degrees to sin. There's different consequences for things that you do. But yeah, he hates sin in its every form. The only way to save us was to send his son. To die upon that cross in the last three hours when all the sins of the world were laid upon him. Laid upon him. And his father turned his face away. And friends, Jesus Christ went through hell for us. Jesus Christ went through hell for us. It would be interesting when we get to heaven and talk about, talk about all the physical pain, but what about the spiritual pain of experiencing hell because He was taking on our sins? It's incredible. And that's where grace comes from. When you understand what Jesus Christ had to go through to give you this gift of salvation, if you understand what hell is like, you're going to say, wow, every day is a good day. Yeah, I'll die sometime here on earth, but I'm certainly not going there. But by the grace of Jesus Christ, I'm going there. And that's what should drive us to tell people about Jesus. Right? Amen. Amen. No doubt. First Peter 3.18 For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. The righteous Jesus Christ for the unrighteous. That's you and me. He paid the penalty. We want to tell the world that Jesus Christ paid the penalty. 
He wants to save you from hell, but you've got to respond to him. Colossians 3.13 Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. If you're a Christ follower, you should be the most forgiving person that anybody knows. If you appreciate what He has saved you from, well, you're going to want to forgive other people. But as you saw in the parable, right? The guy who was forgiven wouldn't forgive this other guy. And so many times that's, that's how we are as Christians. We get mad at people. They hold grudges. We treat people poorly because you think you are the judge, jury, and executioner. No. God is the judge, jury, and executioner. You've got to give that to God. And, and I struggle with forgiveness too. But when I, I was just thinking about this this week. I mean, most of us don't really understand grace. Because we don't understand the penalty in hell. We don't fully understand why Jesus had to go through all that. But again, we should be able to forgive. And if you're thinking of somebody in your mind right now, ask God. Lord, please help me to forgive. Give me the strength to forgive your ex-wife, your ex-husband, somebody who hurt you deeply. And forgiveness is a process. It doesn't happen at one point because it keeps coming up in your mind, right? Yeah. <laughs> Our church should be a church of grace. Loving everyone. Speaking the truth. But we have been saved from this penalty. Maybe you're here today. And maybe your thought was, well, when I die, I'm going to heaven because of all the great stuff I've done. All my good works, going to church, raising a family. I think God will let me in. No. Because you're a sinner. Jesus said, if you look at a woman lustfully, it's, it's like you committed adultery with her. Right? There's all types of... We're, we're, we're just flooded by sin. That's why we need Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking that. Well, I want to tell you that i got some great news for you. Jesus Christ wants to give you a beautiful gift. The gift of salvation from hell. So you can spend eternity in heaven. You can make that decision today. Please come down after this service. I'd love to talk with you about it. He said, I've never heard this type of thing. Never heard a preacher say hell so much. <laughs> well, friends, as God led me in this message, He just prompted me, Dan, this is a way people can truly understand 
grace. Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, you will be saved. Do you need salvation today? Do you realize that you've been depending on yourself? And that's not working. You just need to come to God and say, Oh God, I am a sinner. I don't deserve anything from you. Please come into my heart and life. Be my Savior and Lord. And at that moment, your life is transformed. just love you guys so much. And I want you all to experience the glory of heaven. So please, consider these things if you don't know Jesus Christ. Close with this story. There was a young woman named Sarah Etheridge, and she was driving to school, and she hit a person, rolled over them and killed them. Her name was Marjorie. So you can imagine this young lady who was a Christ follower, and, and, and she was just devastated, devastated by what had happened. Can you imagine that? Just thinking about suicide, and she knew if she went to court, she'd spend years in prison. But then Grace opened the door. And who was Grace? Grace came from a man who was forgiven by Jesus Christ, and his name was Gary, and he was the husband of Sarah. And you know what he did? He said, I don't want this to ruin your life. I forgive you. I forgive you. I'm not going to press charges. I just want you to continue the legacy of Margie. And you know what God did with Sarah after his life? She is the one behind every battle, every young woman's battle, uh, every woman's battle. Uh, just an incredible book about how to deal with, with your sexuality and the issues you have there. I tell you, if I had a nephew or somebody who is a teenager or something like that, I would give them this gift. Because with the world today... That trashes that book, but that book's based on Scripture. Well, let's pray. Could our ushers come forward at this time? Oh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your grace. I pray that we would just dive deeper into it and understand how much you love us. I pray for anyone who wants to make a decision, has made a decision to be free. In Christ's name, amen.